0: I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia, at thecommentary.ca. Ethan Liu joins me again. His new book is Once a Bitcoin Miner, Scandal and Turmoil in the Cryptocurrency Wild West. It's an adventure, exciting, often funny, always fascinating look at Bitcoin and other digital assets. It's something that Mr. Liu followed through university and his career in journalism, eventually, as we read in the book, leaving Reuters to go into mining himself. He uh, meets fascinating characters along the way, people like Gerald Cotton, Virgil Griffith, and many others. Uh, It's a book that is of the time, as cryptocurrency intersects with money and banking, technology and geopolitics. i will get Ethan to tell us about his book and more. Ethan Liu was first on the program last year when his book Field Notes from a Pandemic was published. It was one of the first books about the COVID pandemic. In fact, uh, as he said last year, this book had uh, already been written, but had been delayed. Other than reporting for Reuters, his writing has appeared in The Guardian and uh, The Washington Post. He appears regularly in The Financial Post. The Twitter handle for more is at Ethan and his uh, website is at EthanLew.com. This uh, new book is from ECW Press. He joined me from Toronto. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online Program, Ethan Lou. Mr. Lou, good morning.
1: Joe, hi. Thank you for having me again.
0: Nice to talk to you again. So I understand... Um, um, I, I was looking back, by the way, at, at uh, the last time you were on for your, your your previous book, your first book, and that was about a, just over a year ago now, right?
1: Oh yeah, that uh-huh. was uh, that was a year.
0: Yeah, and then I understand that this book was written before that one, right?
1: Yeah, so this book is actually my first book, uh-huh. and it was supposed to come out last year, but I ended up writing that whole other book, so this book got pushed to this year. Yeah,
0: it it's um. What I found fascinating comparing the two books—they're not—they're not, they're not comparable—but but, but uh, uh, you'll you'll indulge me in this in this observation. Um, your your uh, the book on COVID um, was uh, you, you sort of uh, uh, presented your heart out to the audience because you were writing about family and writing about a, a pretty lonely time, I guess, in, in, in one's life when you when we're all isolated as in this, as you were. Um, This book, though, it's just just such an enjoyable book to read because your your sense of humor comes through, and um, there were moments there where I was laughing out loud. I I could think about three or four moments where um, I was sitting at my desk reading the book and and, um, just just having a great laugh and enjoying it.
1: Uh Well, uh, thank you for saying that. Uh, I, I think at this point, when the book hasn't come out yet, there are very few people who have read both books and have compared them in the way that you do. Uh, Yeah, I I love the way you compare them, and and I'm glad that you saw the humor.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering, as you're sitting down writing the book, because writing is a solitary experience, as as writers have told me over the years, um, are you laughing yourself? Because, I mean, there's there's stuff in there that's just a riot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes, and I... I'm actually very glad that, you know, you, you appreciate that humor because when I was writing it, sometimes I'd be thinking, am I being overwrought? Is this, is this too much? Am I, like, bashing the reader, uh, you know, on the face if with a, face with a <laughs> stick? Yeah. And so I, I think the first draft, there, there were actually more attempts at humor for me, but uh, I I've, 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 I've tried to tone it down a little and try to have it more subtle and understated.
0: Yeah, there are things that just come out of nowhere, where it's almost like digressions that you take as a as a writer, um, where it's almost like you're writing stand-up, where where you're just talking about yourself and 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 you're, you're obviously self-effacing sometimes, and and it's just anyway. <laughs> I, I could uh, you know spend all of our time talking about that, but um, when was it that you first heard about Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, it was. Either 2012 or 2013, it was my second year of university, and it was on the dark web. So my friends and I, uh, we had nothing better to do, and so we were just poking around on the dark web, and this was before the whole Silk Road incident. So Silk Road is an illicit marketplace. You can buy drugs and Uh guns and theoretically all sorts of things, and eventually got taken down. Uh, made the news in a big way, but this was back when it was still running and the all those dark web entrepreneurs they they took payment in bitcoin, and that was what first caught my attention uh, about bitcoin
0: and so did you think that um, did you think right away that this was something that you wanted to look at um, seriously as as not just um something to dabble in in terms of investments, but something that you wanted to, say, say do as a business even.
1: Yeah. I, well, I, I would say right away I felt a little of that, but I wasn't feeling it with a 10, you know. It was more like a 5 or a 6, mm. maybe even a 3 or a 4. And over the years, like, that became like a, like a 9 or a 10. But uh, what I saw then was that, you know, why do people use that on the dark web? It's because there is no central administrator for this, so the government theoretically uh, they can't freeze your funds, uh, they can't seize it, and you know that has a that has a certain value.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, what's marvelous about your book is that the, 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 um, there's a confluence of all these things that have been happening in the last ten uh, years or so, um, t- t- ten or more years, fifteen years, if you will. Um, uh, I guess the mistrust in the money system, um, the, the increased use of uh, the development of technology, and then geopolitics as well, um, the relationships between countries. Um, did you think early on that um, Bitcoin would be the thing that it would become in, in terms of, of, of how it's influenced these various different parts of our society, our world?
1: Yeah, well, I I definitely felt a little bit of it, but like like we were talking just now, it definitely wasn't a ten. You know, back mm. then when I first heard about it, and I can't remember the exact price. That that was it was definitely like below a thousand. But when I first bought it, was a thousand, and it fell to as low as two hundred at one point. Mm. And and you, you know they say. Uh, the the real question isn't whether Bitcoin will go from say a thousand to ten thousand. Uh, it's whether it'll go from a hundred to a thousand. Uh, back in the early days, uh, Bitcoin was worthless, and if there wasn't this initial uptake, it would have never gotten anywhere.
0: What I found fascinating is I'm reading about the people that you encounter along the way. Um, taking you aside, I mean, you're a marvelous uh, writer in terms of giving us a, a view on, as, uh, observing all these people that, that, that um, are in the, uh, the Bitcoin realm, if you will. Um, what do you think it is that draws people to it? And, and I mean, I hate to generalize, but I, I think um, I'd like you to. Um, what, what, what sort of is, is the makeup of a person who, who decides to invest in Bitcoin? I mean, there's some marvelous characters in, in your book.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, I I think, you know, there are people who call the world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency a, a wild west. Yeah. And I very much agree with that, but I don't think of that term as an insult because I love the wild west. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that makes uh, crypto so enticing is that this is a literal new world where... Uh, the, lots of riches and opportunity, but because this is a technology that's barely more than ten years old, if you were to try to enter crypto right now, try to invest, try to get a job, whatever, you are only ten years behind the most established person. Mm. And so, like, you know, in the past, uh, if you're a poor, if you're a poor person in Ireland and you want to, you want a ticket on a ship to the new world for a new life. You know what are you seeking in that new continent? You are, uh, you're looking for you know, freedom, opportunity, and also to be free from whatever societal hierarchies that you are afflicted with right now. And I think crypto it it gives people that idea.
0: Yeah, it it, it certainly does because it um, it, it it, early on in your book it's it's a world that, that, that's that's unknown, um it's almost dangerous in some areas did did you feel that yourself
1: oh yeah it's, it's uh it's definitely very dangerous because um, it's it, it's new and you know compared to the to the world that most people know it's it's little regulated and it's uh you know it's like it's i, I think when when there is a land of new opportunity, uh, you have to take the good along with the bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. the um, the um, you, you mentioned regulation a moment ago. Um, the laws. Let's let's just take the United States, even Canada, uh, as an example. The the laws are are pretty much behind, aren't they?
1: Uh, but I, I think the u s and canada they are they're going in quite separate directions. I think eventually what Canada always does is that it follows the u s but yeah. in the u s uh, they are becoming extremely hawkish right now and but I also don't think it's specific to crypto. They are just uh, really looking at money specifically looking to uh, looking to tax more and looking to put more reporting requirements for all sorts of financial instruments, and it, it, you know, it, it reflects the priorities of the current government. But I think ultimately it could be likely that Canada will follow uh, will follow that as well.
0: You mentioned in the book the um, the environmental concerns. I mean, your book doesn't explicitly deal with say how Bitcoin is mined, and and the various implications of that, but. Um, what have you found in terms of the arguments against Bitcoin, and and say what it does to our environment—the the, the excessive use of electricity, for example?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I actually find that argument uh, on on the environmental side I find that to be a little subjective and one-sided, and the the reason is that uh, you know people often say that Bitcoin uses as much electricity as say norway or or pakistan i think those of finland i think that was the last country compared to that uh but we have to understand that we are a planet of eight billion people and any activity that is practiced throughout the world uses as much electricity as finland or pakistan uh name anything uh you know your your dryer Mm the sound the song deposito uh when all the electricity used to stream that song. Yeah. That's uh, about as much as Pakistan. Mm. So, and, but we, we don't complain that much about all the other uses. And the reason for that is understandable because we, we understand the utility of using dryers. We understand the utility, or I guess some people understand the utility of listening to Despacito, yeah. But lots of people <laughs> don't understand the utility of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's where the issue comes about yeah, yeah. The, um when you talked earlier about the, the um, sort of the, the the barriers to in investment sort sort of being pushed aside um, thanks to cryptocurrency and bitcoin um the thing that i that I was thinking about was the, the, that um, at the end of the day though people who will get rich will get rich um and that i guess precludes a lot of other people and 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 um at the end of the day, I guess it, there'll still be an inequality of wealth. It's just different people getting into the market, if you will. Um, do you think that that's a, um, a worthwhile argument, if you will, against Bitcoin?
1: I would say that's a worthwhile argument. Like That is definitely a true statement. I agree very much with what you say, but I don't necessarily see that as an argument against Bitcoin because I think uh, this, Inequality is all around and it's ever enduring. Uh, I recently read this book by uh, uh, okay, the name of the name of the author is escaping me, and I, I feel very bad because she wrote *The Guns of August*. Um, she wrote about the the 14th century mm-hmm. inequality there. Uh, it's called *The Distant Mirror*, and it looks so much like our world. And yeah, I I, I don't think the issue of inequality will. Ever be
0: completely addressed by anything? Yeah, I guess some people viewed it. I guess I guess uh, um, people who are for cryptocurrencies, I guess viewed it as a sort of a, a panacea to inequality. But um, I, I, I didn't see it that way. Um, th- th- your book is also uh, terrific in that it's a, a, a great story, a great narrative of um, your own investing. Um, you get to the point where you're you're uh, doing well enough that you leave Reuters um, to do it full time. Um, d- did you think at that moment that that it would be, say, uh, a long term thing? I don't I don't know how do you uh, how do you view your jobs. Do you view it as something that you would do, I don't know, until you're sixty five, or did you think that it would be w- one phase of a career and then and then you'd move on to something else, say, in ten years or something like that? I mean, how did how did you how do you decide to leave a job at uh, Reuters and then go into it full-time I mean is there a long-term plan in your mind at that point
1: yeah I I would say yes and no so I when I think of uh my uh, I was going to say the word craft but that's a bit big-headed but when I think of what I do in essence that I'm a journalist that I write things I think that's a thing that I will do until I'm 65 but you know the specific publication and the specific employer. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not necessarily something I'll do until fifty-five. So uh, that was kind of the thinking uh, behind, like how I left Reuters and everything. And also, uh, you know, nothing is ever just one factor. And as I write in the book, I, I'm, I guess, I, you know, I'll be politely described as an eccentric by some of my friends. I have. Adventurous estate, and uh-huh. I have unconventional hobbies, so, and, and I was, uh, you know, I became a man uh, in the backdrop of this whole economic crisis and everything, so that was something that pulled me towards Bitcoin in a way, so yeah. I think ultimately that was a, a confluence of factors.
0: Yeah, it, 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 speaking of your friends, um, it, not just friends, but family relations, are, are you the guy that... Um People come up to and, and when they, they want to know what Bitcoin is or cryptocurrencies, that they make you explain it to them.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that, that, that that was quite something, and especially in in the earlier days, I, I, yeah. I had a lot more of that. But I, I think these days, you know, um, you know, like how uh, in the Marvel movies when they had Tom Holland act Spider Man, they no longer show how he was bitten by a spider. We all know that the Spider-Man mm. is already a thing. So these days, uh, I don't get it as much because I think most people, they already know that Bitcoin is a thing. It exists.
0: Yeah, you, you, say, you say something that, that, I found, that I'm still thinking about uh, several weeks after finishing the book, that um, um, it's not an easy thing to explain, but then again, mutual funds or any other financial instrument that, that we've been dealing with our whole lives, I mean, if, if one put a gun to my head, I couldn't explain to you how... Um, our banking system works, for example. Um, so, one couldn't be expected to understand everything about uh, cryptocurrency right away.
1: Yeah, like uh, like for example, you know, uh, SMTP or, or all these email protocols, most mm-hmm. people can't explain that either, or how electricity works. So, you know, what what's yeah. an electron? But, you know, we use those every day in our day-to-day lives, and we've internalized that. And I think... Ultimately, that's uh, going to be the, the way of crypto. And I do think that, you know, 2017, there was a boom of these alternative cryptocurrencies. like thousands of different coins, and most of them, are, they're going to disappear. There's no value to most of them. But uh, ultimately, like at its base, Bitcoin, crypto, that's something that's going to be integrated in our lives.
0: So, so it, 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 at one point in the book, you do very well. Um, I guess on paper, you're already a millionaire. Um, what? There's um, this is a terrifying moment, by the way, where um, I guess you were hacked and, and you're panicked because I, I guess you, you figure it out and, and you're wondering how much you lost. Did, did, did you lose anything um, by way of, say, uh, someone else or, or, or someone else, uh, say, uh, hacking into your system or, or, or getting your password or things like that?
1: No, and I, I was very, very lucky because, you know, when in the book when I described the moment that I got hacked, I had not set up that two-factor authentication thing for my email, but yeah. I, I very luckily had it for my crypto accounts, and it was quite evident it was a mass attack, you know, they didn't do any finesse, and they didn't try very hard to figure out how to access my crypto accounts. When, they, when the hackers encountered an initial block because of the two-factor authentication, they just stopped. They probably moved on to others. They probably had, like thousands of people at a time. But that—that that was a wake-up call. I—I'm I, very diligent about cybersecurity now. And actually, just yesterday, uh, someone tried to reset my Twitter password. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was quite scary. Yeah,
0: I've—I've I've had that the email pop up in in, in uh, my box from time to time. Well, maybe once or twice in the last couple of years. And, and yeah, it's—it's there's a there, there's. There's thirty seconds where you think that the world is over, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you, you wonder like which guy from Russia did that, and somehow yeah. it's always Russia. You know, they show you where to log in as well.
0: Mm, right. Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned a moment ago how, how you're considered considered among your your, your uh, friend group as, as an eccentric. Um, it, it's it's also fun to read in the book about the, the sort of lifestyle that you adopt in the course of uh, of this. Um, you know, you're you're, you're having uh, I guess breakfast in Vancouver and then dinner in Hong Kong. Um, uh, th- that that sounds fun and, and terrific, but at the same time, um, it really is an th- th- there's an obsessiveness about it that, that, that you develop. I guess that we all have with our phones. We're we're doing we're working I guess 24 seven, aren't we?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I. Uh...
0: Wait, can you repeat that um yeah so i mean that's with the phone yeah there there's a moment there where where um you you're at events and and um you know you're you're not really paying attention to the other people around you because you're looking at your phone um you're you're uh, frightened or terrified at one moment because there's no internet and you can't buy and trade um it becomes obsessive doesn't it oh yeah oh yeah
1: so the, the thing about crypto is that it moves 24-7. You know, traditional markets, it's 9 to 4, right. or something Yeah, And then you, you can just switch off. You know, you come back the next day at 9, but there's no such thing in crypto. And when you go to sleep and when you wake up, lots of things can happen. Like weeks can happen uh, within that 8 hours. And so I feel... I, I, I write in the book, I feel like throughout this crypto experience, I, I feel like aged a lot, you know, like, like those stormtroopers in Star Wars, they age at <laughs> twice the rate of normal humans. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, like this is a realm where, I, I think it was uh, it was a quote from some Russian guy, right, uh, uh, there are days when decades, weeks when decades happen. And that's kind of like crypto. Yeah.
0: And so when you're writing this book and putting it all in context and remembering it all, um. You really do feel aged by the, the whole thing, don't you? Did you but at yeah. the same time, do you feel wiser?
1: Yeah, I, feel, I, I, I definitely feel a lot wiser. And I, I, I definitely feel I aged a lot as well. I, I, I think back to when I first uh, discussed crypto with uh, Anthony DiOrio. That was in 2013. That was uh, when, he, when he hadn't even... So Anthony DiOrio was a co-founder of Ethereum. And but that was even before ethereum, so imagine a world back then, and yeah, and when I think about it, both of us we were so young back then yeah,
0: yeah. you you um early on ha- had bought some Bitcoin for your parents, and they're obviously of a different generation. What did they make of 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 um people like that or people that age say um what did they make of of not 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 just you going into it yourself as, as their kid, but um in terms of i mean this is a way of investing that that people that vintage aren't used to did, did they give you any say opinions about what cryptocurrency was all about yeah, so
1: they I think at the beginning they fundamentally did not get it, and not just because it's crypto because they weren't finance folks to begin with. Mm. So uh, my my parents are both engineers. and they they haven't they haven't done like almost any investing. They I think they, they have maybe like a prop, property or two and that, that that that's all they have. They they don't really play with their money. They don't understand like the the financial markets. They've never bought, never bought stocks. Mm-hmm. So the I think if I if I were to tell them I'm buying selling like conventional security stocks they they would find that uh, a little strange to begin with so Mm. this is an extra leap for them but the the crypto that I gave them that I think that's helped a great deal I think when you have skin in the game you view everything differently you're immersed on a deeper level Um, and I think ultimately I think while well, they, maybe they fundamentally don't understand this, but, you know, they, they understand me and they trust me. And, and vicariously, uh, I think because I see value, they've come to see that through me. Yeah,
0: right. By the way, I, I bring up your family because we, we met um, a number of, of family members in your previous book. Um, how, how are they doing in terms of, especially your, your grandparents, um, who we, we got to know quite well in your book? Um, what's happened uh, in the last year or so?
1: Uh-huh. So, uh, quite, quite unfortunately, my my grandfather has died, but mm-hmm. we, we we saw that coming a mile away. So I even wrote in the book, uh, November 2019, my, my father was telling me to prepare a dark suit. Right.
0: Yeah. So,
1: and I'm actually surprised he held on so long, but mm-hmm. he, he died toward the end of 2020. And... Uh, so as for my other set of grandparents, so uh, my, my mother's parents, I, I actually feel very bad for them, because they, they're, 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 because of the pandemic, they're quite isolated, uh-huh. and my, my mother wants badly to visit them, but they are, because of all these travel restrictions, she hasn't been able to see them for a long time, and they they're still healthy enough to live alone, but they are the. I think that they're increasing, increasingly they've become more frail, and it's quite evident. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, what, what, what did um, friends think of the book? Um, because um, I'm thinking of your friend in Singapore and the girlfriend that you write about. Who? Uh, <laughs> it, it, she doesn't come across as very well in, in, in that book. Did Did they read the book by any chance?
1: Oh yeah. So I I had quite a lot of advanced readers for this. And so, my my friends loved it. <laughs> they uh, they, yeah. they found it very entertaining, and, and especially the non crypto people. Mm. And yeah, and particularly my, my girlfriend as well. She actually liked this book better than than uh, the older book, because I, I think the older book is less narrative and it was more essay like. And you know, I touched on geopolitics mm. and a lot of more abstract concepts. This one you was know, more character and plot driven. And so I have this column in the financial post, and I write about crypto. And every time I submit a piece, I have my girlfriend read it. I call it the Samantha test. So anything I write about crypto, a person like her who doesn't know anything about it, she needs to be able to understand it.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned um, in, in the book, you write, you write at great length, I should say, that that um, the experience of going to North Korea Um in terms of going there, I mean, it's it's obviously very managed, I guess, by, by the regime there when, when one travels there. Um, what were your expectations coming out of that?
1: Well, so I, I, have, I have read a lot about how North Korea was doing lots of shady things with crypto. Mm-hmm. And, but all the North Korea stuff, we know, it's outside looking in usually South Korean intelligence or defectors telling us stuff. So when North Korea announced the conference and, you know, they announced this to the whole world, anyone could go attend. And I thought, wow, this is a golden opportunity to see for myself what was going on. And I, that that was completely the opposite of what happened. What actually happened was that uh, no, not a single North Korean presented and they asked, asked to present,
0: and ultimately, someone got arrested over that. Yeah, yeah. And which you tell that story in the book, and um, people should pick it up because it, it um, uh, pivots to current, uh, recent events, I should say. Um, it, the the idea, the subtitled book mentions the Wild West, you, you talked about that a moment ago. In, in terms of uh, cryptocurrency and um, how how it is today or how it will be in the future, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot different, won't it?
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, ultimately what starts out as the Wild West becomes the establishment. You know, it used to be a time when these tech entrepreneurs, they were considered rebels and upstarts. You know, these uh, these companies started from garages. But now Facebook, uh, uh, that wasn't started from a garage, from a dormitory room, but mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook is the establishment. They have big lawyers. They they hired the former deputy prime minister of the UK. Right. And, you know, we so much of our lives are online. And they are governed by these uh, big corporations. And I think ultimately, you know, uh, in the future, 10, 20 years, we're going to see that for crypto. These uh, crypto companies, they're, they're going to be sort of like, I think, uh, a new establishment. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it, we, we've we discussed this already um, in the last few minutes, but but I'd like to go back to it, if, 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 if I might. Um, you you uh, talk about personal things in, in both of, of these books that have taken up the last few years to write. Um, in terms of, of what's changed you as a journalist, as a writer, um, you're obviously better for the experience. I mean, there's some bad moments, obviously, um, but... Um, I guess that's growth. Um, do you uh, do you regret anything, that, especially things that you get up to in, in this book, um, do you regret anything that, that you might have done or, or, or might have decided to do? Or?
1: Uh, no. In, in fact, it's actually the opposite, that I, I feel very lucky to to have not done some things. Mm. And, like, for me, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the events of the book, the alternative isn't that I had not done all of that. The alternative is that I had done that to a greater degree. So, for example, I, when I went to North Korea, when they asked all those participants to be presented, I actually had some sort of inkling. And I thought, you know, presenting about cryptos in North Korea, it may not be that good an idea. And, of course, I, I didn't. Have, I didn't feel that strongly about it. I, I, it wasn't like a 10. I felt like maybe a 5 about that, and mm-hmm. the thought quickly dissipated. But I did think about that, and ultimately, I, I didn't present. And so, I, you know, I, 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 got, I got quite lucky. And, but I, I should also say that uh, even if, it, that, if, if I did present, nothing probably would have happened because mm-hmm. uh, the guy arrested, he was, uh, he, he was both an expert and uh, and was an American, and the law only applied to Americans. And also, but uh, I, I would have one regret: is that I didn't invest more in crypto and
0: anyway. earlier. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a reader, I mean, I don't. I'm not particularly um, uh, much of an investor, but it is exciting to think for a moment, getting in at the ground level, and wondering where one would be today. Um, and, and going for that ride, as you do in the book it's such an enjoyable read um, are you working on another book now, other than say you're obviously writing for the post as you mentioned are are you um, is there another book
1: well that is there is definitely a possibility of that uh, exploring an idea too. It's not something I can talk about yet, sure. but if it, when the next book comes out, you know, I think we'll definitely be talking again.
0: Well, I look forward to it. I'm, I'm, I've become a big fan of your work. Um, I appreciate your time today. Congratulations on this book, and good luck with it, Ethan. Thank you. Thanks
1: for having me. It's always a pleasure.
0: The book is called Once a Bitcoin Miner, Scandal and Turmoil in the Cryptocurrency Wild West. Uh, it's published by ECW Press. Visit ethanlu.com for more. Ethan Lu, join me on the line from Toronto and Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.